Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers, welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren, also known as Obocrazy. Now, this episode is the second half of last week's episode, which, when we recorded, was this awesome game that just went on way too long, so we had to split it into two parts. So while I don't have any drink recommendations for you this week, I do have a recap. Bernie had a long talk with Joster and Farah about the moon pick. She gets a set of lock picks and then starts training on how to use them in exchange for providing any interesting information her and her friends come across. Jonathan is offered a job by one of the masters at the Watchful Order of Majesty and Protectors, and Travancore spends some time getting gifts for his friends. Carlton! You follow yes. Galgon over to his shop, who uh-huh. for a brief moment is a little freaked out that you just start to follow him. And then he's he said like, to come with. Oh, no, he said to come by later. You just decided to follow. Uh, but right. eventually, it's later but, than what he told me. Yeah. He just shrugs. And he's like, all right, let me show it to you. And he pulls out the shield that he had talked about. And it it's gorgeous. It's Ooh, shiny. It's opalescent in a way. You can tell that the, the ground up portion of the flail snail shell that they got uh, was pressed into the exterior metal of this round shield. And it's got this rainbow shimmer to it, which is a lot like uh, Jonathan's new robes, but a, a little more muted and a little more opalescent, pearlescent kind of thing. Instead of like a rainbow, like kind of shimmery, different colors. Yeah, it's it's that rainbow and where when you look at it in one light, it's blue and you look at it and then you turn it just a little bit and it turns yellow and then it turns pink and that it's it's not like rainbow all the time. It's just different colors uh, and it's very, very pretty and you can feel the heft of it. It feels nice. And he says that he gets to try to explain things out of character. Okay, so the shield it's it's pretty nice. It's going to protect you more than just a regular shield will because, you know, it's magic because we're going to use a, a flail snail and it's going to be magical. Uh, and we have found that when when you get attacked by magic, th- there's some fun effects that happen. Oh? Not all the time. Yeah? Yeah. But every once in a while, if something, if you, if you manage to miss a spell that got sent your way and every once in a while it kind of bounces back in a way the mages thought it was fun but you have to be a little careful with it yeah okay you said uh halberd plus the discount and 15 yep 1500 gold pieces okay yeah give me one second first things first dark halberd and i reach into the bag and i just like it's like a clown car effect where it just keeps pulling out a halberd out of this bag. Clown car? That's a Mary Poppins, my friend. Mary Poppins. I, I couldn't remember. Anyway, then I put it on the counter, and then I was like, all right, and then 1,500 gold. And while you're pulling that out, I, I think I should probably warn you, you do have to attune to this thing. Okay. I have, right. I don't need to attune to this anymore, and I gesture to the halberd. But you are attuned to the sword. Right. Yeah. And the hat of disguise with one open. Okay. I figured I'd warn you before you laid down a bunch of money. Okay. 
Uh, he hands over the shield and takes the halberd and said, all right, I hope it protects you and your friends. Of course, you now have two shields. You have a shield that's been painted on uh, with a wolf by Bernie and this other shield. Oh, yeah, that's getting hung up in the house. That's that's now decorative and memoriam. The immemorium you know? blue blue shield? Yeah. Okay. He didn't yeah, die, no. though. Well, he didn't die, but, you know, it's so he's always looking over me. A memento. A memento. There we go. Words. Carlton's good at words. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to, like, take the shield. I, I say thank you. I look forward to coming back to your shop for all kinds of fun stuff. And he said, like, magic doesn't hurt as bad? Sometimes. Cool. And then I'm going to spend the next hour attuning while walking over to the Amethyst Acropolis, and I'm going to wait for Jonathan. I'm literally just going to sit in the lobby and wait until Jonathan's there. All right. That is the flail snail shield that you've just bought. Wow. For our listeners at home, so it is a magic shield, so you get a plus one bonus to AC. And then if a spell attack misses you, you roll a d6. On a one or a five, nothing happens. But on a six, the shield, and you do remember a little bit of this from the flail snail. Uh, On a six, the spell that misses you. So you get attacked with a spell, it misses you. If you roll a six, then it converts some of that energy into a burst of destructive force. Each creature within 30 feet of the shield must make a DC 15 constitution saving throw, or they're going to take some force damage. Each creature. Each creature. And that's yours. And you head on over to the Amethyst Acropolis. Jonathan, as you come on out, you find Carlton sitting in the snow next to the door, staring at this gorgeous opalescent shield, like just kind of playing with the light across the, the, the waning light from the winter sun across it. Hey, hey, bud. Hey, that lo- hey what's up? Look. Oh, that looks nice. Scorching Raimi. No. Shit, Bernie's Trust not me. here to say no. <laughs> I was about to go, no, Carlton. I was like, Bernie's not here. No. Nope. Bernie's not here. To no. <laughs> no, this this shield repels magic. It does not repel magic. Shh, Carl. I'm um, just making sure John, the player, understands it does not repel magic. <laughs> yeah, no, let's talk about this, buddy. What is this thing? Yeah, so it's my magic shield. Okay. And? Yeah, he says, like, it'll protect me from magic and stuff, so... And then I, like, bang, I hold up the shield on my arm and I bang it. I'm like, come on, let's test it. Let's go back to the Golden Rock. I actually want to see that. I can, I, I, I can, if you let me hold it for a little bit, I can, uh, I can figure out what it does. Uh, I know what it does. You say you know what it does. (laughs) Jonathan the Magimuscular would like to know for himself. Yeah, you you can identify it. Okay. Is that what you're going to do? As he's walking along, he's kind of like, <laughs> every once in a while, Carlton needs to like push him before he runs into a wall as he's doing this. Oh. Are you doing as a ritual? Okay. Yes. Is it what level spell is this? What? Identify. First level. This first oh, okay. level, but he's, he's casting as a ritual, so he doesn't have to expend a spell slot. He just has to take 11 minutes to do it. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, oh. I'm going to say... Those 11 minutes, even especially with Carlton pushing you along and everything, you finish Identify as you're entering the Golden Rock Tavern and you see Bernie sitting waiting for you as she is finished. Yeah, she wants to talk to Jonathan about something, but she'll do that later. Well, you might get the chance right now. And then, uh, Travancore, you can enter the scene whenever you're ready. Okay. Oh, Jonathan, hey, um... I got a question for you. Some some spellcaster, sure. spellcaster with a capital S kind of things we need to take. What the fuck is that? This is Carlton's new shield. 
<laughs> you remember how we sold Gorgon uh, the flail snail shells? Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, he we sold did. it back to me as a shield. That's not necessarily bad. That's good. Fun fact about this. It doesn't... It, it It's... Who man. It doesn't protect you against magic. It turns magic against your opponents. And... Oh, good thing we didn't test it. You, I'm sorry, hold on. You were gonna do what? He asked me to Scorching Ray him. Oh, good. This is good. This is good. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't do it. And I'm glad I didn't because Bucks here probably would have been in the blast radius. Oh. It's a pretty big blast radius. We'll want to be keeping away from you while you have this. Oh. Yeah. Because it's pretty... If it goes off, it will kill Bucks. It'll probably do a wallop to Coco Snoot. I mean, Shadow's a bit hardier, and he's usually your battle buddy. So he should be okay. But yeah, it definitely, it can explode, kind of. Explode. That's, that's very Carlton, though. Yeah, so just be aware. It exploded. Yeah, the, the fragile ones will want to stay away. Trevacor walks in. He says, nice shield, but be careful. <laughs> so, yeah, let's go. Let's go grab a booth. Uh, uh, Bertie, what's up? Um, So you remember that really nice kind of insane lady that helped me find Seekin? Oh, yeah, yeah. You do. Oh, did you finally have tea? Yeah, she's really nice. And, you know, she knows Joster professionally. Oh. Isn't Joster kind of a kind of a roguish type? Yeah, you know he's got he's got that like Errol Flynn thing going on, except without the murder of indigenous peoples and the slavery and the STDs. So really, just the superficial bits of of this Errol Flynn that I think I've seen plays of. Yeah, yeah, more like not the actor, but more of like the characters that he likes to embody. I like his characters; he's fun. You know, the rob from the rich, give to the poor kind of thing, yeah. Have you ever seen it where they actually, like, put up a chandelier and he, like, swings on it? It looks dangerous, but it looks fun. I know. I feel like we do, given how much adventuring we do, I am a little disappointed in how few chandeliers we've swung upon. And And if God were listening, I feel like more of those opportunities would make themselves present. Um... Oh, if only if only a god were listening. If only a god were listening, God immediately responds with, well, don't fight in a cave where there wouldn't be chandeliers. Fight in a place where there's chandeliers, and I promise you there'll be chandeliers, Viari. Acrobatics checks abound. I'm awesome <laughs> at those. Check the dungeon drunk store for the chandelier shirt. I just feel like we need a shirt that says it's like Errol Flynn without the, the rape and the slavery and the murder and the STDs. Racism and the... <laughs> oh, um... Aside, did you guys see the Acquisitions Incorporated where the um, the map, the battle map they had, it was one of those like Dwarven Forge-like deals, but it actually had a little chandelier <gasps> hanging off of it. And it was like, and Chris Person was like, this is for you, Vieri. And it was like, oh. Yeah. And he like oh. sticks it in. Yeah. 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 That was awesome. If you Patrick Rothfuss in your game, you need to have chandeliers. Yep. Anyway, please continue with your discussion about your day. So I had a very nice chat with him that resulted in me being able to maybe possibly after about a month and a half, two months practice every single day. So let's 
many moons of practicing. Um, I'll be able to get us through some locked doors, probably, maybe, hopefully, without breaking the thieves' tools that Joster gave me. But, you have thieves' tools? Neat! Uh, but, more importantly, uh, Fira has uh, arthritis. And I was thinking, remember those cupcakes? Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the healing cupcakes, right? Yeah, I mean, so I can cast Greater Restoration on her, and it can heal her for a little while, but it's not going to fix the problem, and I was wondering, do you think there's a way that we could make an ointment out of Greater Restoration, kind of like the healing cupcakes, that she could put on her joints when they hurt, or when it's, like, particularly bad, like, in the winter? Jonathan the Magimuscular, kind of like, he puts his arms on the table and kind of like puts his head and his fists and he does it so that his biceps are really huge and he starts thinking he's like hmm well i mean most of the time when there's a in magic when there's an instantaneous effect that's it it doesn't linger unless it like sets something on fire or like there's just water around well like i think the idea is if if you look at if you think about do you have greater restoration is that a spell they teach you no, it's not. Um, well, here, hold on. Let's talk about it for a minute, because healing magic is a little different than the magic you do. But in general, it can kind of... It, it's It's got a lot of things it can do. It can reduce exhaustion. It can basically take away effects that do permanent damage, like charming. Like, you know, Carlton gets charmed a lot, and I have to restore him. To his normal self and well if he's petrified or cursed or maybe like i maybe... love that all these conditions are happening to carlton this is... yeah if you yeah. think about it, it they does always happen, happen to yeah, carlton it does happen no no it's fine carlton <laughs> all, all the time it's sort of it's it's not it's instantaneous in that it works upon touch which is why i was thinking about the ointment because she would be touching herself and rubbing it in but it gets rid of the effect, but these are, it's sort of, it's not, something like arthritis isn't really in its wheelhouse. So it's, it's going to heal what's wrong with her currently, but her body is going to continue to age. So the thing that is causing the arthritis, it's not really going to stop. It's not going to, if she's predisposed to get arthritis, she's going to continue to age and re-get arthritis. But if, she can alleviate it for a little while. I think greater restoration as an ointment might actually give her... Should I do another medicine check to see how long it would give her? No, I think you know greater restoration. It's an instantaneous effect, but you're pretty sure from your medicine check from before. I'll say with the talk with with Jonathan and everything, this is a really interesting idea, and you know that you've seen spells be put into ointments objects things like that this might be the kind of thing in where because it's such an advanced condition she would need greater restoration every day every other day and you would really only unless you're talking about some crazy high-powered magical item that could cast greater restoration over and over again which you don't know of any that do that um this this would be something in where you would have to like visit her every other day to cast this so you could you could possibly work on an ointment or a a, some sort of topical that would would do that it wouldn't be easy and it would probably be very expensive 
and it would work once. Wait, I'm sorry. I actually just Googled arthritis because I, I know <laughs> I wanted to make sure that what we decided we did was based in an actual concept of reality. <laughs> well, oh, I, God. Okay, so here's how I view this. And you guys can decide if you want us to exist in a different space. But I feel like we live in a reality like as our characters we live in a reality where the common cult there's magic exists but the thing that causes arthritis in the fantasy world is the thing that causes arthritis in the real world it is an inflammation of according to this orthopedic website it's you know any it's basically an inflammation of joints on a very very basic 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 and so Um, your your healing would get rid of that inflammation yeah. But it would come back. The same way you could take ibuprofen and yeah. get rid of inflammation and it would come back. It's it's an ongoing age effect. Yes, and Jonathan? from what I understand, it's like you can have it from like there can be trauma that causes it to like osteoarthritis is much more common and generally affects older people, also known as wear and tear arthritis. It Basically, her cartilage is wearing away and Bernie could, I assume the idea is like, Greater restoration might put some, but not all, of the cartilage back. Like, the idea is she would be basically constantly having to cast a spell that brought the cartilage back. Exactly. So, Jonathan the Magimuscular has been listening to this. Mm-hmm. And as he, as you're as you're talking about, like, the, the nature of magic and instantaneous stuff, uh, he takes his hand and he kind of flourishes it and a flame is produced. Like, not light, but actual flame. He's like... This is something that I've learned to do with my Firebolt. Firebolt is normally an instantaneous spell. You know, I shoot things with it. Patow. But sometimes, just for fun, I can hold it in my hand for a little while. It doesn't do much. It's, it wouldn't really damage anything. It's a very low flame. But here it is. Uh, one time when we were out uh, going for Christmas dinner, I actually used a Scorching Ray to clear a swath of snow to try and find a mile marker once and that was not how scorching ray normally works because it's also just a quick bam you know uh, ray of light so it's possible we could do some research and see if there's a way to maybe like do a time release of this I I heard a god say once that it was going to be expensive and we would have to research it but we can certainly try Yeah, I feel like almost it should be, I feel like if that's the case, it should be paired. I'll have to ask her some more questions because it could just be because she's old, but it it could be wear and tear. Is it wear and tear, Lauren? You don't know. You'd have to examine her again. It could be it's trauma-based. If it's trauma-based, I mean, I feel like a cure wounds might maybe even help because it's the idea that she's lost her cartilage that is technically a wound. I don't know. I kind of want to talk to that baker that puts things in cupcakes. Jonathan, I will say, uh, as you talk about doing some more research, you remember that Balana Zadok, she's in charge of research at the, she's a research coordinator. As, yeah, oh, so I have an in. Uh, this is actually something I meant to talk to you guys about with the research coordinator over at the Amethyst Acropolis. I've applied for jobs called research coordinator. This is very strange for me. <laughs> <laughs> we might have a job. And I think we there are lots of ways we could go about it. And I'm going to tell them about everything that I... I'm going to kind of summon everyone in into a huddle. 
and tell them about the job, the basics, and everything that I know. I whip out my map and show them where this island is and say, we have a rock. We have a rock? And we have a way to teleport back. Hmm. So we could, you know, uh, I didn't tell this to uh, Balana, who hired, who wants to hire us, but we could fly out there, find the island, drop in, see what we can do, either make a make our way off the island with the instrument, or just fucking kill everyone, and and then maybe she was talking about rewards. Maybe this is something that she could help us with. Jonathan, I will say that you do know that you just used your right. your token uh, would have been like 15 days ago at this point. You're supposed to wait, I believe, 30 days. 30 so you, days. You wouldn't be able to use the rock again for at least another 15 days. Right, right. No, no. I And we would need more time to plan, but that is an asset that we have. If we need more time, Travancore. Yo. Let me see the tube. I hand uh, Carlton tanks the tube. Because we've got the map out, and I was like, see, it says Western Heartlands, and I point to where we are at Waterdeep, and how Western Heartlands is, like, just south of us. What's what's in the Western Heartlands? Wendergod's Tower. Oh. Huh? So, we could go So, while to... we're waiting on our recharge, we can go to right. the tower. It might be a little bit longer than the recharge. But we could take off from there. Like, assuming nothing horribly goes wrong, and we don't need to come back to Waterdeep. But even if we do, we can just teleport back. Yeah. Or yeah. we and we or if we need to use the rock for something else, Baldur's Gate is in the Heartlands, and then we could just get a boat, right? Mm. Take a boat back to wherever we need to go. Baldur's. So we've got we've got Bird Rock, we've got Baldur's Gate, we've got teleport. We well, got a lot of options. We got yeah. a lot of options. Also, it's south, and south is not as cold as up here. This is true. That is very true. And I don't get cold. Yeah, Travancore's <laughs> elven ears immediately perk up at the sound of not as cold. Welcome back to... Wait, where am I? What's this? Josh, we need you to record this promo clip, blah, blah, blah. You better do a good job or we are quitting your BS curse of straw nonsense. Well, uh, I'm not quite sure how to take that, but hey, everybody. I'm the current DM for Taking Initiative, a D&D 5e podcast. We're a bunch of goofs that love the game and wanted to share our playstyle at the table while still delivering a story you can enjoy and follow, even if you've never played the game before. We're Taking Initiative wherever you get your podcasts, or you can go to the spark.network for all other info. A cassette tape? Montage for promo. A cassette tape? Really? Kent! Just the man I was looking uh, for. I'm so clumsy today. <laughs> I'm going to tie the pants around his head so that he can't speak or see. It's our scene, Kent. It's our scene, Kent. Halflings in particular. Small, mm. ugly, children-looking motherfuckers like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't exciting, but they were mine. They were my people. And now they're mine. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game that you can download right now on Steam. The most recent update includes content from the new adventure Dragon Heist, and will be the first time fans can get a glimpse of all of the fun stuff in the book since Wizards of the Coast made the announcement. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this podcast, and it's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. Speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folks who made Idol Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. 
Now this code expires on December 2nd, 2018 at 9 p.m. Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem once this episode is posted. Open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. A-X-A-L-H-O-N-E-T-I-M-E-A-R-D-S. So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. The other, the other interesting note is that the Corin Archipelago is near my home. Oh. Yeah, nearish my home, my I real home. That. Hmm. That's uh, Neverwinter. Uh no. Uh, I'm oh. from Kerkalandir in the Moonshade Isles. Yeah, oh. I went oh. to school in Neverwinter, but oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, my family is there. Uh, House Shipwright is where they are located. They're not they're not a noble house. It's just it was a reward for their service to the uh to the land and and to the city state. So they got they got a very minor title. It's just really just a title only. It's not like they have they the holdings is our house. Our house and a boat. Mm. So it's like a it's like it's like a DBA as shipwright. Sure, yeah, yeah. But it's a place that we could visit. And, um, I mean, there's magical stuff there. We could see if there's a teleportation circle there that we can go back to if uh, if we ever want to facilitate travel back and forth. I can't do teleports, what I'd like to call site-to-site teleports, but I can teleport us back to a teleportation circle. That's hmm. good to know. Travancore wants to do a check to see how close the Southwood would be to any of this. Sure. If you pull out your map, there's not... Oh, There's that's no check be a lot for it besides scrolling. just taking some time to look at the map. <laughs> so much have... scrolling. One moment. That's okay. Um, so the Southwood, which you were told had the druids in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Southwood is going to be closer to where you are than where you're thinking about going. So right now, Waterdeep is kind of on the coast and you would go basically directly west for many, many days, depending on how you got there to get to the Southwood. Where you think Wendragod's tower is, outside of a town called Subar, you know that Subar is near the forest of forest of worms along the tradeway. You guys are correct that it's it's much closer to Baldur's Gate, which would be quite a bit quite a bit further south. So that would be it it's a trek for both of those. Like if you went to Baldur's Gate, it would be many, many days to get to Subar. Or you could go many, many days to the Southwood. So yeah, you can you can kind of pull out your map and, and see where all of that is. Both cases, whether you wanted to go to Baldur's Gate and then go to Subar, or whether you want to leave from here and go to the Southwood, roads will only get you so far. Eventually, you'd have to kind of go off-road it a little bit. But both of those are very well marked on the map. Yeah, you know, Trailing Court thinks about it, and he's like, thinks to himself, maybe I'll hold off on my druid training and wing it for now. <laughs> You can always talk to Seekin. Seekin basically is like, I can't totally... I thought they also had information about the devils. Uh, no, that was something a little different. Uh, oh, okay. So he, he was looking for information on devils and happened to also be looking for information on druids. And there was a book, that a very racist book, that equated druids to devils, but that indicated there were druids yeah. in... Travancore in... read Birth of the Nation, held his nose, and then found the one useful bit in it. Pretty much. But yes, you you do know also that Seekin can help you out at least in the beginnings of your training. You just get the sense that he's got some very specific 
the things that he knows are are very specific and the fact that he doesn't know any offensive spells means that his training is pretty limited to begin with as well. Yeah. Hmm. That sounds like a good plan heading to me. Yeah, actually. This sounds about right. How long of a trip is this going to be? It's going to be a while. We're going to be we're probably going to be gone for quite a bit. Depends on where exactly you're going and how you want to get there, but yeah. Both of these Depending on how you want to go, could take a little while. I mean, we could always break up into small chunks. We could do one, then come back, and then another one, then come back. Yeah, like, yeah. like the return journey is always going to be teleport to the Acropolis, because it's that's just way easier. Especially if we're on the run. Like, if we go out and do a thing, and then we have a tribe of uh, angry hobgoblins chasing after us, you know, throwing spears and shooting us with blowguns, we don't have to, we don't want to yell at someone, Jacques! Fire up the sails, Jacques! <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to deal with Hawk. No, um, no one does. They're but I assholes. think if we've been hired to do a job, I think we go do the job. Well, that's the thing. So it's not an urgent matter. She's just found out that they ha- even have this instrument. And they don't, like, at the moment, they don't know anyone's coming for it. So we've got time. And we... It, if we want to go with my plan, which I think is is pretty good, flying out there because the the we we could we could make it so that they don't see us coming. They wouldn't see a ship on the horizon. We could fly in at night, kind of low to the water, so they don't see us against the moonlight. And we get in and get out, maybe without them even knowing. But if we want to do that, then we got to wait for the uh, for the token to to cool down. Thus, walking a little bit. Yeah. So we've got we've got a couple of weeks so we could do one of these other uh, errands in the meantime. And then, assuming that everything's okay, Travancore, we're going to get a bardic instrument. Ooh. Oh, did I not mention that? Yes, that's the artifact that we're getting ready to go. Way, way to bury the lead there, guy. I mean, I I knew. I think I meant, no, I didn't. I don't know that I meant to. No, yeah. you definitely mentioned killing cultists, but not. Which is old hat for us. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm always game for killing uh, killing cultists of an evil god. But, yes. So, basically, the primary mission would be go in, get the instrument. Uh, it is specifically the... Uh, I, just, I just said it. The Kenneth Veal. Yep. So, it's like a stringed instrument, a bowed instrument. Go in, get it, get out. Secondary objective is to kill all the cultists. Destroy the cult. Tertiary objective is to look awesome doing it. So they write stories about how awesome we were. Tertiary for you, maybe. <laughs> Is it not tertiary for the rest of us? <laughs> not really. I kid, I kid. That's a, just an ambassador joke. <laughs> okay. All right. So is there not a dragon that could complicate things? Well, only if he knows. Only if he knows. So if we keep it quiet, like, we don't, so, and Jonathan gets out the map again and kind of points out the isles. We don't actually know which island it is. And it was suggested that we could talk to ship captains to see maybe if they've spotted any, like, anything weird around those islands. No captains actually land there, but they may have seen a weird light come up from one of the islands or or whatever. I don't think we should go asking questions until we're ready to go. That way we minimize the time that a inquisitive and intelligent dragon might have to intercept us there. If we even ask at all, we could just fly out there and look for ourselves. Do you think it'd be better to wait until Baldur's Gate to ask? 
we might lead with, hey, have you seen any blue dragons around? And then, oh, no, no, we haven't seen a blue dragon. Great, we have some questions. That would probably, and this just goes from someone who does public speaking a lot and lying to people, not be the way to go. (laughs) And, Jonathan, if we also go to Baldur's Gate, isn't Candlekeep not too far from there? Uh, What's in Candlekeep? Isn't that a library? It is. It's not close. Okay. I just know you like books. It it, it is south, but it's like we'd have to go down the coastway and and then it would be a hike. It would at least be along the coastway, which would be a pretty safe way to go, but it's it's not that close. Let's go ahead and if we just go to Baldur's Gate, we might be able to make inroads to find a teleportation circle there. And then getting to and from Waterdeep would not be hard. Jonathan, just, I'll yes. say you know there is a teleportation in the Amethyst Acropolis to Baldur's Gate. Okay. That is one of the, the few permanent ones that they they have access to. What's the... Does Jonathan the Magimuscular think that he could use it for adventuring? Or is it like, eh, we don't want it to be like a, a thoroughfare? You know for a fact they don't want it to be used as a thoroughfare. Whether you can convince anyone to let you use it, that's up to you. Hmm. Like all teleportation circles in all of the major cities along the Sword Coast, they are uh, guarded closely. And the idea is that they are only supposed to be used for official type purposes. Now, whether you could convince Aras or anyone at the Amethyst Acropolis to let you use the one to Baldur's Gate, as I said, you can certainly try. I bring it up with Bernie, and I'm like, "You're a persuasive sort." Um, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe we 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 could figure out if there's a if there's a actual mission that we can do down there that would that would involve both parties that we could get access to it. Travancore is a noble. Maybe there's a maybe there's a diplomatic mission for Perconum that we can utilize, and not and be. More or less above board with this, because these are people that I work with, so I don't want to go and deceive them. But maybe yeah, we can come up with a reason. Yeah, you don't want to be caught stealing things mm. from the copy supplier room. Oh, no. You don't want to get fired for that shit. Well, I mean, technically, aren't we doing a mission for the Amethyst Acropolis? Yeah, then they give us this job. That's true. Yeah, we're kind of going the wrong way for it, uh, because the Corin. The Corin uh, Archipelago is just a little bit south of us, out in the water, and Baldur's Gate is a lot south from us. Wait, uh, so hold on. Sorry, I don't look at maps very much. Why don't we just, instead of spending 15 days on the road to Baldur's Gate, why don't we just hang out here and spend time eating in seafood restaurants and collecting the local, you know, chatter about what's going on on the waves? And sleeping in our own beds every night and then flying out when we need to. Well, and and we can do that. It was just more the idea of getting a couple of things done at the same time. But certainly we can just... But would it really be at the same time? It seems like we're going out of our way to be on our way. Well, the because we were trying to get something else done at the same time either we go we go knock over winter god's tower which we can also do without really going anywhere far we could go to Baldur's gate so we're we're getting information from maybe although Baldur's gate is farther so i don't think i don't know that the captains would have much more information would be as good as it would be here right and we could, if we spent the two weeks gathering intelligence, we wouldn't, like you said, we wouldn't necessarily need to ask. We could just listen. 
Yeah, I think honestly, coming if you if you want a liar's opinion, or or just anybody who speaks to people, I think our time is better spent on the waterfront here, just making it seem like we're locals that finally had some good takoyaki and are coming back for more. I mean, we're well known in the city positively, right? Like the idea that we would be exploring more is isn't too far-fetched, but 15 days on the road to Baldur's Gate, plus however long it takes us to build enough social capital to get people to talk to us? Yeah. Well, and that's that's the one thing. It's like, we wouldn't be spending 15, 15 days on the road to Baldur's Gate. We would be instantly in Baldur's Gate and then, and then hang around town. And then building a lot of social capital. I, I don't know if they're... In, I, I've got... Everybody here has contacts in this city. All we have to do are put the right is put the right ears to the ground with some very closed mouths, and we could probably find out some stuff. I think it would take us a lot longer to build that in Baldur's Gate, honestly. And I mean, if we want to go flush out Windergot, we could totally, totally maybe work in a trip to Baldur's Gate as a hey, thank you for doing this kind of thing. Because Windergot's tower is not far from Waterdeep, right? It's not far from Baldur's Gate. I thought that was oh, why you right. were thinking about going to Baldur's Gate because right. Wendergod's Tower is very far from Waterdeep. Wendergod's Tower is, you're not exactly sure because you think it's near Subar, which is probably about a seven day-ish travel from Baldur's Gate. So the idea, it sounded like the idea was to teleport to Baldur's Gate so that you only had to travel about seven days instead of what could be several weeks of travel overland from Waterdeep. Like, oh, I see. Okay. I know I know we want to go eventually to Windergot's Tower and see what the old coot left. But we know where this is. I mean, technically we, it's our we tower. know we know there is a there is a uh there's a bardic instrument right here and Jonathan the Muscular puts his finger on the map. Yeah, I honestly think if we're coll- if it's if we have to discreetly collect information. I mean, Windergot did have a book on bardic instruments. Which you do now have, uh, Travancore. It's sitting out in front of you. It's one of the things you collected while you were at Greenest. Yep. And technically, it's our tower. We have the deed. Yeah. Yeah, we can go. We can go evict squatters anytime. I'm a little more interested in this. Well, why? Okay, let's do this then. I can quietly research what I can about this particular instrument. Uh, in addition to uh, the book that uh, that that Travancore has. So I can maybe find quietly find some additional information in the silent library. I'm crap in social situations, so that can be my contribution to the caper. Bernie, you do have a half orc that has a hat of disguise, so you two can can probably work that angle. That's true. You know what I would need though is I would need some information about fishing. And maybe about these islands we might be traveling to. For instance, what kind of seafood can you pick up around its shores? I think we can arrange that. You know, like sometimes you cast catch this thing off the coast of this place or that thing. Like, you know, there's some particularly nice bays where oysters grow. And then there's some bays that you don't want to get your oysters from. And then there's some really good places to get shrimps. And you just got to know where those places are. And if I'm going to eat my way in into some juicy gossip, I'm going to need to know what I'm going to be eating. Okay. I think that's something that we could we could just hit the library on. And uh, I we do have a detective. 
and we have a Magimuscular. Uh, I, I figure we could probably find that info for you. So that way, deepen your backstory a bit. You know, it's weird. I ran into this Furbolg cleric. She was actually, she was weird, but she handed me this pamphlet about sustainable fishing. It's very interesting, actually. Yeah, she didn't say much, but I mentioned fishing and she, like, shoved it at me and then just wandered off. It's very well, strange. that pamphlet could be very interesting. As a side, we can cut this. Uh, Izzy played a furball cleric that had a pocket full of pamphlets with sustainable fishing. I Carlisle's, <laughs> Carlisle's the clerical printing services for all your multidimensional printing needs. Clerics and their pamphlets, yo. Uh, Travancore at this point, or actually all of you at this point, Gestak comes in over as it's dinner time and he's setting out some plates for dinner and he he sets some stuff on and goes, ah, it sounds like you're getting ready to go off and do something else. No, actually, we kind of decided we're going to stick around for a bit. Hang around for a little while, but okay, Gestak. 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 <laughs> Can't do it in the high-pitched voice. <laughs> um. So recently we went down to the... Uh, the the docks and we ate really good seafood. I was wondering, do you ever do you ever like serve any seafood here? Nah. Really, the only way that you can do seafood is if you can get it fresh. And by the time we get anything, you know, even just a couple miles inland, uh, it doesn't really smell that good. You can get sick real easy off of seafood. I can make meatloaf that can last for weeks. And he walks away. Is, wait, is Meatloaf on the menu tonight? He's already walked away. <laughs> hey, I'm feeling is, Meatloaf's is on the meatloaf, menu. I really, I would love a Meatloaf sandwich. That's a, that's a hell of a megaphone drop there. Please. <laughs> I actually had Meatloaf sandwich for dinner. Now I want Meatloaf. All right, was there anything else? I, unless there's anything else you want to talk about, I'll, I'll say that you finish up dinner and rest for the evening. And oh, the wait. Next time... Travancore wants to give all his presents out. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jonathan, so I got you this. I hand him oh, over the uh, world's... This is awesome. I have something cool to drink my co- morning coffee out of. Thank you. Yeah. You don't drink coffee anymore, Jonathan. Bernie just looks at him seriously. <laughs> oh, that's okay. You can put tea in there as well. I think. It's, it's tea, tea's okay, obviously. I mean, the religion of vaccine. Bernie drinks tea all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, Carlton, this is for you. Yes, bud. Oh, praise Maliki. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Bernie, I couldn't make a uh, queen. Ba- I couldn't make a queen bay statue, but I was able to make you this. <gasps> this is much, much better than a queen bay statue. Trust me, they would have gotten it all wrong. They never get her eyebrows right. <laughs> oh, and I almost forgot. This is for Baron von Kokosnoot. Is is it too much? Like I, I thought, no. yellow would be perfect, but uh, he'll stand out in a snowstorm. It will be great. Easy to find. <laughs> I will never lose him again. Yeah. Hey, just I just want to say, glad to be part of the team, and uh, glad we survived the Feywild. Uh, let's never go back there. How about that? Tis a silly place. Yeah, I think Blue can find his way back to us. You know, fun fact, I'm actually researching a, a spell that can, uh, very, very similar to what they use, teleport us between planes. I don't know, it's kind of interesting. I, I haven't figured it out yet, but I'm, I'm working on it. What if you didn't? <laughs> Travancore click subscribe and with that we'll pause there and the next time we get together it'll be the next morning and you'll be off on your various errands to try to find more about this mysterious instrument that you're going off to get and, uh, me... happy wedding Ali oh there you go yeah go ahead and, and do that drink and I will give you some experience for Carlton deciding to go off and get a magic shield 
without any of his magic friends around. Travancore <laughs> getting gifts for his friends. Bernie getting lockpicks and thieves tools for her friends. And Jonathan getting a job and some spells for his friends. I'm going to give you a total of 4,000 experience to split between the four Ooh, of you. Oh, nice. Love that easy math. Yep, Love that easy math. 637. Easy, easy yep. math. And next time, investigation time. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, That Indian Dude, Colin Kalen, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.